<laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> I need the moral support. Funny thing, funny thing. Um, this morning, uh, you know, I had a full work week, long, full work week. And um, so, man, I slept in this morning. Had a long time with Jesus. Started cleaning the house. No biggie. Meanwhile, my husband goes out for coffee with our good friend Ernest, and he comes back and he's like, Man, I ate something. <laughs> yep. So all day long, he's preparing his sermon. I'm just cleaning the house, talking to my daughter, having fun. And David's taking medicine and laying down and getting his sermon ready. And usually, David and I work on his sermons together, um, talk through them. Not this one. (laughs) So literally, we were putting our coats on to leave the house, and it finally manifest, shall we say. Um, So uh, he rapidly canceled plans, and we sat down to go over his notes, and here I am. Um, (laughs) Thank you. So this will be an adventure for all of us tonight, Um, but so much fun. Isn't it nice to know that we have um, a God who is present and with us as a body? We don't need the professional pastor, although he's pretty incredible, I have to say. Um, We just need each other, and we need the Spirit and we need his scriptures. And we have all three, so I'm confident God is going to meet with us tonight. You know, the, the other funny thing is, at some point in the day, he asked me to come pray for him, uh, that God would just heal him. So I went in there, laid hands on my husband, prayed for God to heal him, um, didn't work. And, and so later in the day, as he was realizing um, as after he had thrown up, I, I started praying again. I said, Lord, you know what? You could have healed David in that moment. I know it. So the fact that you haven't done that means you have another plan for K2 tonight. And I'm just praising you because we know you and we're not worried about this. So he gets on the call with Jason Dunn. He's talking to Jason Dunn and figuring out who's going to do the sermon. And he comes back and he says, it's you. <laughs> I literally, all I could do was laugh out loud and say, oh my, yep, that's how it works. Okay. So um, pray with me, and then we're going to just jump into God's Word together. Father, thank you so much for this great group of people. Um, Thanks for my sweet husband who uh, obeys you and loves you and serves you with his whole heart, Um, and that we in this room have no doubt of that. Um, We're so grateful for him, and just pray you would Um, comfort him. Thank you for his confidence in me, his trust in me. Um, I just pray you'd bless him a hundredfold tonight. And um, I just pray, Spirit, that you would be the teacher tonight. That's your role. That's who you are. And so we trust you to teach each one of us as we listen and, and walk through this together. Thanks that we can pray in the name of your Son. Amen. 
So um, I do have his notes here. We're going to walk through his notes on 1 John 5, 1 through 5. I do get to skip some of it because he said, just skip that whole part. I studied so hard to understand that. We'll do that later. So praise God. Um, But we've been studying the book of 1 John together, and so much of this book is about love, um, but it's also about overcoming the world, overcoming, and we talked about what the world means. It doesn't mean um, people. It means the whole system, the way things are set up, the cosmos, and the way it's run without the kingdom of God is pretty devastating and pretty frustrating in ourselves and in our world. It's the, the lusts we face, the struggles we have, the fights we endure. Um, the world will chew you up and spit you out, but not with Christ. And so we've been talking about overcoming the world, and tonight um, we're going to talk about the good life overcomes. And I don't know what you need to overcome in your life right now. I don't even know 100% all the things I need to overcome in my life right now. I'm an introvert and didn't have time to think about that. But I do know that on a given, any given day, for me, I'm struggling to overcome pride I'm struggling to overcome fatigue. I struggle to overcome um, being a, I'm a recovering codependent, so I say yes too much. That's funny. I'm on stage. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Ah, That makes me laugh. Sorry. Um, But praise God that living a life in Christ, which is the good life, overcomes overcomes all these things. So let's read the passage together. 1 John 5, 1 through 5, it'll be on the screen. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is the love of God to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So he has four points tonight. Faith in Jesus overcomes the world. The love of God, or the power of the Holy Spirit overcomes the world. The love of God overcomes the world. And keeping his commands overcomes the world. So that's where we're headed. Let's dive in. Faith in Jesus overcomes the world. 1 John 5, 4 through 5. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I just get choked up every time I read that. Um. Faith is trust, it's belief, it's when you're so convinced that it's true that you put your confidence in it. You know, today um, on the Bible app, for those of you who have a little Bible app on your phone, the verse of the day was what? It was Hebrews. 
Faith is being confident in things hoped for. Yeah, who's that? Who just? Yeah, Steve, yell it out. Faith is confidence in what we hope for, certainty of what we don't see. That's faith. And, uh, you know, I've been reading um, in the book of Samuel uh, in my time in the Word, and and it's just really struck me today. One of the things that struck me is that um, King King David, before before Saul was dead, he's running for his life, and Saul's trying to kill him so many times. And there were so many times when God put, like Saul was right there and David could have taken him out. And his young men who were with him were like, kill him now, we're free. And David wouldn't do it. And over and over and over again, he said, how dare we raise a hand against the Lord's anointed? And what's been hitting me is David believed to his core that Saul was God's anointed, even though he had already been anointed as the next king. And he believed that no man should lay a hand to the anointed one of God. He believed that so much that it shaped everything about him. Every choice he made, he honored Saul. He honored Saul's family, but he was really honoring God, the one he trusted in. And I just have been thinking about what do you believe so deeply about Jesus that it's just every decision you make? You just know that you know that you know. What is it? There were, there's a lot of things, I think, in our lives. Um, and that example from King David is just one. But faith has a way of shaping our lives, and, and it is what helps us overcome the world. And I think we've been talking a lot about the kingdom of God, which is a matter of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So one of the things you might ask yourself is, what place in my life am I not experiencing peace? Because if I'm not at peace, that means I don't believe. The specific faith that overcomes the world is that Jesus is the Son of God. 1 John 5, 5. Jesus is the Son of God. If you have put your faith in him and you've trusted him, we're going to talk about this, you keep trusting him. But if he's the Son of God, then there is nothing in heaven or earth, nothing on any given day that can separate you from his peace if you believe you have to keep believing that Jesus is the Son of God. And it's just, it's, it's, we'll talk more as we get through the sermon um, about how that works, but just a little self-check. If there's no peace, no shame, but maybe you're not believing something about Jesus and who he is. Where are you not experiencing joy? Maybe there's something that you're not believing about who Jesus is. Where are you not living rightly? It's okay. There's no shame for those who are in Christ Jesus. But maybe there's a lie the enemy's told you, and you're not believing something about who Jesus is. You see, when we keep working the fight of faith 
to believe who Jesus Christ is. When we do that, we overcome anxiety. We overcome fear. We overcome dread. We live in joy. We live in peace. We live rightly because Jesus lives in us. So let's keep going and get to those things. (laughs) The word believe in this scripture in 1 John is in the present tense. Um, I love that he put this here for me, which means it's a continuous action. If you look at the Greek, actually translated into the English, English, it would be um, keep on believing, not just believe. Why that matters is that many of you, many of us would say, I do believe, I have believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I did that when I was 13, or I gave my heart to him when I was 45. But since it's in the continual present tense, that means the only way you overcome the world is to keep believing. And it's a fight, right? Fight the good fight of faith. We fight every day of our lives to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he's good, that he's the exact representation of God's nature in the flesh, and that he is sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for us, our advocate before the Father, full of goodness and truth, and that he has sent his Holy Spirit into our hearts as he promised. What a great God he is. Revelations 12, 11. Yes. They overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. This verse has always confused me a little bit. And testimony, I know in this uh, culture here, historically in the LDS culture, testimony means a certain thing. Um, But I think it's a full-bodied word in the the, um, biblical text. It's a, it's a story. It's an eyewitness account. It's not something that we're saying by hearsay. It's not something that we're saying because we're supposed to. It's not something we're saying about when we were 12 years old and God moved in our hearts necessarily. It is a story and an eyewitness experience that's ongoing. How are you today an eyewitness to the work of Christ as the living one who rose from the dead? This is how we overcome the world. And I asked David, I said, so how does having a testimony help me overcome the world? And and he just shared with me, he thinks it's not necessarily telling our story that helps us overcome the world, although that's important. It's actually, if you have a story, it's easier to believe. If you've taken Jesus at his word and stepped out in faith and he's done something, That changes you. When you see God provide for you and you had nobody else to turn to, that changes you. So having a story, having a testimony, we overcome because Jesus died for us, the blood of the lamb, and by the word of our testimony, because we have experienced him in our own life, in the flesh. So, church, keep trusting Keep believing. John 16, 33, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, 
you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. The one, the living one who overcame the world, who never acted harshly without reason. He was pretty harsh with the Pharisees. But he didn't respond to sin like that in people who are repentant and merciful. He was so holy. And according to the scriptures that we say we believe, when you put your faith in him, he then gives you his very spirit to live inside of you. And so the Holy Spirit, the one who overcomes, is in us. And we can overcome because of him. All right, let's move on. Number two, the power of the Holy Spirit overcomes the world. Oh, that was a nice segue. <laughs> Can you tell? I don't know where I'm going. All right. 1 John 5, 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. 1 John 5, 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. I remember the day I was born of God. I grew up in the church. My mom wouldn't take, let me take my first communion until I could share the gospel with her and tell her what it meant. So I knew it. And I knew I loved God. The God who made the mountains is the God I wanted to know. And I loved, I loved him. And I prayed all the time. But it wasn't until I was 13 and I was feeling an incredible amount of shame and incredibly lonely, and incredibly separated from God, that I heard the gospel for the bazillionth time, that Jesus Christ came to die on the cross for my sins, and somehow I believed, and it changed me. And I gave him my heart, and I have never been the same. I have continued to struggle at times in my life with sin, but, but not shame. He set me free, and by his grace, I follow him. We follow him. It's the one who's born of God who overcomes the world. Are you born of God? Not do you attend church, not are you a good person. It's not about that. But has the living God forgiven you for your sins because his son paid for them, and has come to live in your heart. And the very seed of God, his DNA is in you, and you are a new creation, born of God. That is the faith that overcomes the world. And if that's not describing you tonight, anybody here, anybody online, please don't let the day end without saying yes to the Spirit of God. We want to pray with you. We want you to receive Christ. In John 3, Jesus was saying it this way in a wonderful late-night clandestine meeting with a, a guy named Nicodemus. Jesus said to him, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Are you tired tonight from trying to live a spiritual life without being spiritually alive. Jesus is the only one who gives eternal life. So we continue to overcome the world because of this, 
his action step here in David's notes, he just says, ask for help. You know, today I was reading in Luke 18, and God was, Jesus was talking about self-righteousness and saying, you know, the, the, the Pharisee who did everything right, always went to church, always paid his tithe, went to pray. And as he was praying, he's like, thank you, God, that I'm not like anybody else. I'm good. While the poor tax collectors in the back can't even raise his head, um, weeping, asking Jesus to have mercy on him. And Jesus says, that's the man who went home well with God. And I just think too many times we get duped into trusting ourselves, trusting in our own goodness, trusting our own understanding, even though we know the scriptures, many of us have memorized Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. We know that. But we don't do it. Not every day. I get duped into trusting my understanding all the time. But can we go to Jesus and say, have mercy on me? Have mercy. We need to keep asking, asking for help. All right, we need to move on. Third, the love of God overcomes the world. 1 John 5, 2 and 3. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is the love of God, to keep his commands. All right, I'm going to ignore the notes here. Um, (laughs) Sorry. They're good. They're good, but he would teach them much better. Um, The love of God is to keep his commands. And we've been talking about this. So this whole point that David has here is the love of God overcomes the world. We've been talking about this. How do you know that Jesus is in you? Because you love. God loves. What are his commands? Love God and love others. These are his commands. This is what overcomes the world. But again, and we've beat beat this over and over again through this book, It's not my human love that overcomes the world. It is only the love of God, his kind of love that loves without condition and without fail. That's the love that overcomes the world. And that love he has poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that he's given us. Romans 5. So how do we keep his commands, though? It's pretty general to say, just love God and love others. But you got to know his commands. I thought of a few. Don't be anxious about anything. Rejoice always. Pray continually. There's one here, and I was just going to read a whole list of them here in Romans 12. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Bless those who persecute you. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. We could go on. There are a million commands in Scripture that are life-giving if we will just do them. And one of them, I'm just going to 
Okay. Um, am I going to say this? I know. Because the next point, I am going to say it in a minute, but the next point is keeping his commands overcomes the world. And so I'm just going to move right into that since we just talked about it. Um, 1 John 5, 3 and 4. In fact, this is the love of God to keep his commands. Okay, I already just said that. And his commands are not burdensome for everyone born of God overcomes the world. Um, it's interesting that one of the commands, I am just going to say this. I love you guys. Do you guys know that I love you? Okay. All right. Um, it was really interesting to me tonight as I sat here and we had the open mic and Chloe was basically begging for somebody to get up here and say something. Here's what I know about you guys. I watch you love on each other week after week. Since we moved into this building Saturday nights, people are here way late hanging out and talking. I see it. We are told by the living God to encourage each other daily. That's one of the commands of God. Do you know that's how you love? So I just got to say, I'm puzzled by the reticence to getting up in front and encouraging a brother or sister in Christ. I don't get it. Every week, I can sit there and think of a hundred of you. I'm barely leaping out of my skin to get up here and talk, but I'm the pastor's wife and I can't get up here every week. It's for you. 167 is for you. Every one of you. We should be holding people back because we don't have enough time for everybody who's wanting to get up here and share what God did in their life or how somebody has encouraged them. Why are we so stingy? I don't know, but I think that you're a different kind of body than that. So I'm just puzzled by it. And I thought I'd say something while I had the chance. (laughs) They won't give me the mic again. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I do. I love you. And I'm just going to pray about that real quick. Band, while I'm praying, you can come up. Jesus, I just pray for this beautiful body of believers that we get the privilege to serve, my husband and I. So many good people here who love you. I know I can look out right now and I see um, I see so many people who I know are sold out. They have given up family to follow you. They've given up jobs to follow you. I know people in this room who have literally laid down their life over and over because they love you. And so, God, whatever is holding us back from speaking encouraging words to each other and declaring your goodness through the word of our testimony, getting up and sharing our story with each other of how you came through in faithfulness, whatever is holding us back, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that you would cancel the power of that and break off whatever is hindering us and set us free, Jesus. You are the one who breaks chains. 
You are the one who brings life. And so will you help us? Will you help us overcome our reluctance? Whatever it is, if we're embarrassed or shy or hate the microphone or don't think that what we have to say matters or we just, our minds go blank during the 167 time, I don't know what it is, but God, I pray that you would um, take it away so that we could overcome the world, the world, not only by the blood of your son, but also by the word of our testimony, that we would have a story, that we would tell our story, and that we would encourage each other daily, that we would love each other in action, not just in word. Help us, Father, to do these things. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that you've poured out into our hearts that empowers us to overcome the world, to love without regret, without limit. Thank you. In Jesus' name. All right, real quick, the band um, is going to play while I give you guys a minute to sit with the Lord on this. And, um, you know, the, the last thing that he says in this passage is that it's not burdensome. His commands are not burdensome. Um, actually, yeah, in First uh, John 5, 3 and 4, this is the love of God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome for everyone born of God overcomes the world. What's burdensome is anxiety. What's burdensome is rebellion against God. The places we tell him no. It's not burdensome to love him. John Piper said it this way, what you desire to do with your whole heart is not burdensome. Being consumed with self is burdensome. But joy, the joy of the Lord is strength. That's not burdensome. But we want to end by saying burdensome doesn't mean hard. Burdensome is different than difficult. His commands are not burdensome. Walking away from Him is burdensome. It's destructive and devastating. But following Him, practicing hospitality, encouraging each other, not living in anxiety, that's hard. But because of the blood of Christ and the Spirit of God, we can do the difficult. In fact, we can do the impossible. So I'm just going to give you a minute to sit with the Lord, reflect on your life, ask Him what He wants you to know, and ask Him what He wants you to do. And then I encourage you with my whole heart, do it. Follow Chloe's example. Follow Rebecca's example. Follow the example of your Lord Jesus Christ and do whatever the Lord tells you to do. Thanks.